0: Hey everybody, welcome to No One Told Me, where we believe hindsight is everything. My name is Callie, and every week we want to take the seasons that we wish someone would have told us about and talk about. Because if we didn't know, chances are really good that someone behind us doesn't know either. So right now, we're in the heart of talking about peace and how we cultivate it in our lives, because I can tell you that no one told me how hard peace is to protect. Every month, we're going to end our series at The Collective, a gathering of women in pursuit of the more Jesus has for them. It's a new layer to No One Told Me, where we take it further than pushing play each week, and we step into real, authentic community. We're all showing up for the same reason. We want to pursue the more Jesus has for us, so we're at least all starting out in the same boat. And 2022 is about trying, even when we're nervous or scared. And so this Thursday... January 27th, we try together. We'll hear from women that I admire. We're going to answer your anonymous questions about what it looks like to cultivate peace in a world that doesn't do much to help us. We'll be at Backroads Market here in Knoxville. You can find out more by following us at NOTM Podcast on Instagram. But for now, here's my conversation with my friend Connie, who has talked to us before about creating boundaries and shame. But this time, We're talking about pursuing peace in spite of, because that's what we really have to figure out, right? How do we grow and maintain peace in spite of our circumstances, in spite of what the day might bring, in spite of what happened, in spite of what could happen? By the end, I hope you're better than before you push play. And I hope to see you Thursday. I literally just told Connie before we hit record, I gave her some of the deepest questions because they, I knew that she could navigate some of this hard stuff. And the hardest thing for me, and I don't know, I hope everyone agrees with this, but I found that protecting the peace is the hardest thing to do. Like I can have my moments of it. But man, does it slip away fast. And so if I can do anything in this new year, it's how do I protect the piece that I work so hard or feel like I work so hard to achieve, right? Especially when there's an enemy going around every day who wants to still kill and destroy that piece. So I want to start kind of broad stroke with you, Connie. What does piece personally look like for you?
1: I'm a visual person. I know I've shared that on here before. And so I need to close my eyes and imagine what peace looks like for me. I think about like the heaviness in my shoulders. I think about like I'm a visionary and thinking about future and, and and what's going to happen next. And so peace for me is tied into that visual of just a, a feeling too. So it's not just about what I see, but it's also about what I feel. So for me personally, when I think about it, peace for me is, is really in a, in, more in the feeling more so than the thought. However, dangerously, <laughs> unfortunately, we oftentimes, our feelings don't catch up to our thoughts. And so I, I need to be able to go, okay, what, what are my thoughts? What kind of thoughts do I need to have to, in order to have peace? And so for me personally, my thoughts have to be grounded. You know, they have to be grounded. They have to be focused in on something really specific. And and most of them have to be centered around gratitude and thankfulness in order for me to have peace. Because if I'm focused on the other stuff, like you said, you know, it's oftentimes it's grounded in our circumstances, which is dangerous for me. If I look at my circumstances, that doesn't feel peaceful to me all the time. I'm a business owner. You know, I'm, I have family. I have friends. I have, you know, responsibilities, What whatever. So it, it if it's centered around my circumstances, that can be super dangerous for me. So I I I believe that grounded, if when I am grounded and and that and I, I joked with Callie before we started, I said part of my grounding is that it needs to be organized. But two on the Enneagram with a one wing. And so I need for things to be organized. So if if everything else seems chaotic, as long as the pillows are straight on my couch, which sounds silly As long as the hand towel is hung in my bathroom and as long as there is no toothpaste in the sink where I have brushed my teeth, then for some days, that's the amount of peace that I need because it's grounded.
0: And that's, it's so true that peace is, is so tied to your surroundings. Like I think about our bedroom and I started making our bed every morning, right? I was not, you look at me in like college, And even early on in marriage, making the bed was not a priority to me. I did not care if the bed was made or not because we had things to do. We had to go. Right. But then I started making the bed every morning because it was a moment of like, okay, this part of my life is now it looks, it looks clean and, and put together and I can't control anything else, but I can control this. You know, we were also talking right before we hit record about peace and how I can have this season of like ultimate peace where I'm like, nothing phases me, right? Like right. This this concept of open-handed living that we talked about a lot in 2021 of God, whatever you place or whatever you take, I'm good with it, right? But how every day your peace can either fluctuate, like it can grow and you can mm-hmm. cultivate it and it can be healthy and at healthy levels, or it's depleting. Like every day, those two things are going to happen I and mean, you get to pick which one. So. What what causes your peace to fluctuate
1: so much, and our peace as a whole? So when I started thinking about this, I there were several several things that came to my mind about what causes our peace to fluctuate and. Obviously, when I am focused on the busyness versus just being in the moment, I know we've talked about that on here before, but just actually staying in the moment and enjoying where you are instead of being so focused on what's happening next, which can steal our peace, having too many tasks. I mean, if you're a two on the Enneagram, (laughs) you you have too many tasks already. Um, You've said yes to too many things. I feel that (laughs) in in my heart. Callie's in my kindred spirits today. She knows that I, I do the same thing that she does, but being overwhelmed by family, by friends, by relationships, those can really significantly steal your peace. The other thing I I wrote down when I was thinking about it, what steals it? It's when my mind becomes focused on something other than what is right in front of me. And sometimes what's right in front of us is not the best thing. You and I both know that social media is a beautiful, a beautiful thing, and it can also be a really, really tough thing for all of us, the amount of time we spend on it what we do what we what we think about when we leave social media but a big part of what steals our peace is that of comparison um not staying in the moment just being focused on what you do have right this moment or being focused on what other people think you should have we've all got those family members that say well don't you think you should do this or don't you think you should do that or don't I mean, you think we're just coming off the holidays where
0: everyone's favorite question is why aren't you in the season we think you should be in right, right. like when you sit down if you're not married well when are you you thinking about getting married? Or when are you going to, do you think you're going to move up at work? Or, or how many, are, are y'all thinking about having another kid? Yeah. When are you are going to have kids or are you going to have another one? It's like all the seasons they think you should be. And then all of a sudden you're thinking, wait, should I already be
1: in that season? Should I, right. should right. I jump ahead? Do I need to force something through? So what happens to your piece? Most family members, it's a conversational piece and they're getting nervous too about you know, do not need to push them, you know, to that next season? But yes, absolutely. I think family, they have good intentions, but the, uh, the, <laughs> the challenges is they, they're going to push you to the next season and it's okay to say, well, you know, what we're not in that season just yet. We're just enjoying where we are. We just, you know, we, we have a new house. We have, I have a wonderful job instead of, oh yeah, well, I mean, I guess we need to be thinking about that.
0: You know, you find yourself saying yes to a lot of things, which we all know. I've talked about it a whole lot. I am a yes person. I do not think about the outcome of the yes. I do not think about the execution of the yes. I just think about the yes in that moment. And if there is one thing I've learned, even just the past three months, is I've started asking myself, okay, what does this do to the piece? Like, this piece Mm -hmm. that I've been gifted and this piece that I'm cultivating and trying to grow that does have impact on those closest to me. If I'm protecting this piece, the other, those around me feel it right when you're caring for your soul or when you're not those around you feel either way. So it can be, you know, your spouse, it can be a best friend. It can be your parents. It can be your kids. It can be, you know, the people you work with, they feel if you're taking care of it or not. And so that's why it's become such a big deal to me of, Okay, what does this do to my piece and the sustainability of that piece? So if I say yes to this now, when it rolls up and I have
1: to do it, how am I going to feel, act or think in that moment? Right. So makes me think of the episode where you talked about committing to the Halloween party. I mean, I laughed hysterically out loud in my bathroom as I was getting ready, as I was listening to it that morning, and thought, "Okay, this is a great example." Callie. It is a great example of <laughs> like, what are you doing? What are you doing to yourself? You can't complain about it if you're doing it to yourself, you know? Right? I, and I was thinking, yeah, that that definitely stole your piece of of hey, like be in the moment. Now I've committed to this Halloween party, and I have no treats. Now
0: yet. I'm running around trying to play a Halloween bingo game that these first graders did not care about. When which I was ho- so hyped up about had it fast tracked for through Amazon to get here, and they're like, "What is Bingo?" I was like, "All right, <laughs> I overshot. I overshot <laughs> on that one." You know. But speaking of like family or your yeses or your nos, we know, and you said it; and it was so good right before we started, Connie. We were talking about boundaries and how boundaries might be painful, but they're not meant to be harmful, and so. Y- Yeah, it might hurt at first you and the person you're creating these boundaries for, but they're not ever meant to be harmful, but they might be painful until you all understand the both sides of it. And I think that a lot of peace can be stolen or taken through a conversation or a disagreement that leaves us, you know, restless or uh, anxious, uncertain. So how do we address what's painful or what hurts us without making it worse or letting our emotions run the conversation? You know, so like basically what are some practical ways to check our motivations in these conversations?
1: So, I mean, I think about the boundaries piece and you and I talked about motivations. I exchanged kind of that word with expectations too. So I kind of like expectations slash motivations, you know, what do you, what expectations do you have for a conversation that's going to be tough? And we all have them that it's okay to have a tough conversation. I think most of us would say, well, I, I was just I just avoid it. I'm just not going to have the conversation. The reality is is that most of us have to have tough conversations. And and sometimes in the midst of that, the peace that we felt before the conversation is is going to feel different when we leave the conversation. But exactly what you said just a minute ago, boundaries are meant to sting a little bit because we're changing something. I was reading Lisa Terkirch, but she said that change can hijack our peace. Well, when you think about imposing boundaries on somebody, you're asking for a change. Okay, so the reality is is that it's going to hurt a little bit now it's not supposed to be harmful. I mean, somebody should not have detrimental harm from it, but it it's going to cause change and and it's and it probably is going to hijack some peace. It may hijack peace for them and it may hijack peace for you too. but the reality is is that it it's going to be okay it is is it going to look different? yeah, it's going to look different it's going to look totally different, and it's and it's going to be tough. But you have to think about are the expectations that you have for having peace, are they your expectations or are the other, are they the other person's expectations? Because sometimes our expectations for peace are rooted in what other people think. And so we don't set the boundary. We don't, we don't make that change that we need to make. And it can be a slow, steady change that results in increased peace. Yes. And increase freedom. we talked about boundaries increasing our freedom. And I believe that freedom and peace are tied together in mm-hmm. some ways. Mm-hmm. And so we got to think about what is the lasting result? Like you said, you know, if I say yes to this, what, how, who does it impact? What does it mm-hmm. impact time-wise? All that, that, that's all tied to boundaries. You know, your boundaries get violated time, energy, emotion, emotions, and personal values and beliefs. So if we're looking at changing any of those things, mm-hmm. It's, it's going to impact our peace at some mm-hmm. level. And that's what, and you said it
0: right there at the end, but that's what I was going to touch on was sometimes my yes in the moment is for a moment of peace, right? Like, oh, if I say yes, they're going to be happy and that will make me feel better. And so that's a moment of peace, but it's going to threaten the long term peace that i'm i'm chasing after yeah. like i'm not after just like like happiness and peace are not the same thing right so no. i'm i i've confused that for so long of like i'll say this yes and i'll be happy and it will i will feel at peace for a moment but then this is going to play out what i just said yes to and guess what long term peace not happening because I've confused the two things.
1: Right, right. That that long-term peace is something that it, it has to be cultivated too, like you talked about earlier. And so if you're just doing it for the moment, you cultivated it for what, 15 seconds? And so what happens? Do you walk away from it and then don't cultivate it again until that yes is actually your responsibility, the Halloween party, like the day before, two days before, and then it doesn't create peace for you at all. It creates complete chaos, chaos yeah. internal chaos, anxiety, task, And more guess task. who that
0: leaks out on? Guess who that's leaking out on? It's leaking Ooh. out on uh, on all of my relationships. It's yes. leaking out on my kids. It's leaking Like, I just think about even that day of the party, trying to get out the door. And Ryan's asking me a question. I was like, I don't have time for your questions right now. I've got, you know, I've got this cauldron <laughs> that has some, some like treats in it. And I got to get it in the car. And I've got to be at the school in five minutes, you know, like, All of that, it's not just a personal thing. It leaks out on everybody. When you are not taking, caring for your soul, like we talked about and pursuing that peace, it leaks out on everybody around you. And so we talked about, you know, you have these hard conversations and I read something the other day and it talked about how sometimes we navigate these hard conversations and the goal and your motivation of it is when it's anything outside of resolution and anything outside of a peaceful resolution. So if it's to prove you're right, if it's for them to say, I'm sorry, like mm. I'll keep talking until you realize that you're wrong and apologize to me. All of that ended up leading to like deeper pain, deeper hurt. Right. So how do you navigate the hard conversations with peace as the
1: goal? I There's something that just popped in my head that we didn't talk about that I think is tied into this piece. And I'm going to throw this out there because it's something I've been listening a lot more to in the last probably six months seven months is this idea of our peace being tied to being able to forgive people and it, the the peace that we can have, because some of those tough conversations, like you said, Callie, we're, we have an expectation when we go into them of somebody's, you know, they're going to say, I'm sorry, you know, they're going to say, Hey, I, sh- I, I shouldn't have done that. Or I wasn't thinking about that. And the reality is, is that may never happen. And so we have to cultivate within us what it's going to take for us to have peace, even if nobody else responds. Same thing with the boundaries. It's going to, what is, what is going to create peace? And it's not a selfish peace that we're talking about, because if you're truly looking at, what peace is, that peace is going to come from direction from the Lord. He's going to give you the boundaries, the parameters for what that peace looks like and the realistic pieces of it. You know, we talked about your expectations, other people's expectations, but the Lord has expectations for what peace looks like. It's very clear in scripture about what peace is going to look like. And so I believe a lot of that is tied to our ability to forgive, regardless of what the other person says, regardless of how they respond regardless of of their expectations of us it's it's tied in there and you know we can we can lose a lot of peace by being unwilling to allow ourselves to forgive some of those things that are that are going on and that have gone on and and create tough conversations Mm -hmm.
0: and it's even uh, it's what you're saying right there it's learning the practice of forgiving when they don't say i'm sorry like they might not ever But I will never forget a pastor saying that when you, and I remember I heard this when I was in middle school or high school, but he said, when you are angry with someone, when you are mad at them and you are thinking about it and you are dwelling on it, it is causing you way more harm than it is them. Absolutely. When you're choosing not to forgive, you're causing yourself so much more harm than you are them because guess what they're not thinking about they're probably not thinking about you. They're no. not thinking about you being upset or mad or anything else. And so it's learning. I'm going to forgive you. Even though you have not said, I'm sorry, even though you have not shown any sort of remorse, I'm still, I'm going to choose to forgive for me and my heart and the people that I'm investing in. Right.
1: now. Right, Because like you said, and that unforgiveness, that peace part and that unforgiveness part, it leaks. So when you're struggling to forgive somebody and, and, and the peace is being stolen, as you start to engage in that forgiveness part, that peace comes back. I mean, it just comes back and it creates that grounding like we talked about, right? It creates that sense of, of heaviness to go away from your shoulders and it starts to relax, which most of us, if, if we're really being honest, when we're the most relaxed, we feel the most peaceful. But when we're holding forgiveness, where do you hold it? In your body. Your body is a powerful, powerful organism that lets you know immediately where you're holding it. And so if you if you do that body scan right now and say, hey, am I tense somewhere? What is it that's holding your peace? Mm-hmm. What is it that, that's keeping you from having mm-hmm. that peace in, in your life? And oftentimes I believe it's tied to unforgiveness. And a lot of times it's the
0: same thing every time. Like it's, you know, like if you can learn and figure that out now, then that's how you start taking the, the steps of that intentional, okay, this is sealing my piece again. Here's what, here's my plan for facing that and adjusting what I do or say or who I spend time with. or.
1: Well, and if, if it's unforgiveness and it's reoccurring, then my question is, okay, so is, am I constantly needing to forgive this person because I've not set a good boundary with them? The reality is, I mean, if they're violating your time and you're so upset all the time because they come late and you are working to forgive them, but you continue to go to breakfast with them and they continue to show up 30 minutes late, then what happens? <laughs> you, you, you forgive them, but then they do it again. So now you're working through the forgiveness. I mean, it's like a hamster wheel and you're never going to get off unless you set the boundary to say, Hey, that's stealing my joy. That's stealing my peace that I could have if I just set the boundary.
0: And that's the root of all of this. Like you get to choose. We treat it as if we don't have a choice. I treat it. I treat it as if I don't have a choice, right? I'm just, I'm the victim of someone else's poor decision. And at times that can be true, but that's not always true, you know? And, and that's where those boundaries that we've talked about a couple of times. And the older I get, the more I realize you have to have them, right? you—if you want the peace that we're talking about—but then there's the, the the outside factors, right? That we can't control, but that doesn't mean that we're helpless in it. I think, like I said, a lot of times you can just feel, okay, I'm helpless to fix this. I just have to suffer through it. So, how does what we allow in chip away at our peace?
1: Yeah, I wrote down the word declutter when you said that because what I allow in causes clutter in my mind. I mean, it just does. It it clouds my thoughts. It derails my thoughts. It creates sometimes questions about like what's true, what's not. And so I guess for me personally, one of the things I ask myself, and this is is a tough question. I, I don't like this question, but I need to ask myself this question, which is what fills up my mind on a daily basis? And I don't just think the phone is something that clutters our mind. I think there's a lot of other opportunities. I mean, we can clutter our mind with all kinds of stuff, but what tools are we using to declutter? And- and I have to do that daily, like declutter my mind. Like, what am I allowing in? And what kind of filters am I using? I mean, we talk about, you know, our kids, we've got all these um, parent controls and all this stuff. We don't want our kids to see this and we don't want to, do we have any adult, adult controls? We're our own controls. Yes. I mean, we, we, we don't have any of our own controls. We are free reign. Yeah. I don't know how many people have said to me, well, I set these, I set these expectations for myself on my phone. I'm only going to have 30 minutes of screen time. And then my fan." The famous line that they say to me is, and and I just ignore it when it comes up. I just hit yep. ignore it and mm-hmm. say 30 more minutes. Yet we don't let our kids do that. We don't let, you know, we we, we don't. <laughs> it just, it makes me laugh because we have no, we really have no controls for ourselves. So that's why it's important that we have to create some. So I, I would ask the question for myself and for you two that are listening is what filters do you have in place that are helping you with decluttering your mind.
0: What are your just ideal filters? You don't have to say these are what, because for me, I was just thinking about asking this question and I was like, I would have to come up with some real quick. But if I sit and think about it, like what would I ideal? like for me at night, I know I don't want my phone to be the last thing I look at at night. And so a discipline I created back in May was I'm going to read a book that betters my heart at night right? Mm-hmm. So I know that I'm going to have my quiet time in the morning. And so at night before bed, and sometimes I'm gonna be honest with you, I can only read a paragraph before I'm falling asleep. Sometimes it's a couple chapters, you know, it's but I mm-hmm. want that to be the last thing that's filling me instead of now do I do I always am I always great at that. I would say I nail it four to five nights a week. Other times, <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna stay on my phone a little longer. That's pretty
1: good. Right? I mean, Honestly, I mean, you know, to think about I mean, we're we're working on progress, not perfection. That's yeah, what yeah, I tell yeah. people all the time. You know, if you're shooting for perfection, the first day that you don't do it, you'll say, well, I'll just wait till next week. I mean, we do it with the gym. We do it with the eating. We do it with our quiet time. I think one of the filters that I have, I have done this past year in 2021 was I made a commitment to myself that I wanted much like you. I wanted the last thing that I thought about in the day and the last thing that I was, uh, that I saw visually in the day was something that turned my mind Towards positive things, okay, now, I mean it doesn't have to be all gumdrops and rainbows, okay, that's not what I'm talking about, but I really wanted my mind to shift, and it has made a drastic impact for me, so that's one of the filters that I think I'll still continue is that I really want to be focused in on thankfulness, gratitude, gratefulness, like what is it that I can look back in my day? And if I can't find anything, that's a problem because my filters are not very good, right? So I've got to look, I've got to work harder the next day to find some better filters. I, I, you know, I love social media, but I, I do think that if if we're spending more time on social media than we are spending on engaging with other people, I think it's going to be really, really hard because a thief of comparison comes up, the opportunity to look for what other people um, are doing again, you're gonna have a really hard time staying in the moment. You're looking at future. Oh, maybe I need to do that tomorrow. Or maybe I need to do that. So I think that's one of the filters I have. The other one that I would say is I have really, really enjoyed. And this is crazy. I never, ever thought I would say this, but I've really enjoyed getting up early in the morning. And and my body, I know you guys are going to think I'm crazy, but believe it or not, once your body gets into that routine, Now I realize I've, I've let it slip a little bit, but I say a little bit, I mean, 30 minutes, I'm just not going to let it slip much further than that because I just believe that I do better thinking in the morning and I do better focusing in the morning. And so my time in the morning of just quiet, which is hard to have. I mean, we have all kinds of distractions, TV, phone, Text messaging, social media. I mean, it's just everywhere. I finally had to go through and and shut off some of my notifications. Do you know a a lot of,
0: yes, a lot of people talk about turning off their notifications altogether. They do not get notifications on their phone. Ever. If they open the app, they see everything they need to see when sure. they're ready to see it. What, the reason, I don't know why we've convinced ourselves we need to see these notifications,
1: right? Like, In the moment. Or, sure. And you want people to comment yes. and you want people to, to and, and especially, I mean, you know, you're you're running a podcast. You yep. want to see that the content that you're yes. providing is helpful to people. Mm-hmm. You want to see that the content you're providing is encouraging. And so those likes and those comments fuel that. Yeah. But is it necessary for you to have it in the moment? One of the filters that I encourage, and and, and you guys know I'm a therapist, so I, you know, I encourage clients to do different things. But I have some clients that really get focused in on checking their email, like 900 times a day. And I had a conversation just recently with somebody who just said, you know, I don't want to do that. And so we just set the expectation that she was going to check it two times. While she was off two times a day while she was off, that was it like at eight o'clock in the morning and then at three o'clock. So if there was something that came in that needed to be finished before the end of the day, she still had two hours to finish it. Still had an opportunity to respond, but eight o'clock and three o'clock. And that was it. And she set the phone aside and was able just to be in the moment. So I think some small filters like that are going to be super, super important. I I have a hard time putting my phone down. I don't want to miss an opportunity to engage with somebody, especially during the pandemic. There were so many times where we weren't able to see any people in person, like, you know, one-on-one. And so we depended on the phone to engage with one another. And so I think, honestly, if we're really looking at it we probably need to just do a check in and say are my filters helpful right now right where where they're set are they helpful right now or do they need to just shift a little bit
0: and so much of what we've talked about has been hinging on routine on creating oh yes healthy Routines and I didn't realize how valuable routine is, right? (laughs) To just overall wellness, you know, mental, physical, spiritual. You said waking up early, even so. This is Ryan took the week off, um, recently, and I have the same week off, and I still set my alarm to get up early because the first day I was like, I'm just gonna sleep in, and I felt so out of sorts the rest of the day. And so, for me, it wasn't something that I thought I had to do, truthfully I wanted to cuz I need that time in the morning where I got my workout out of the way, I got to spend some time reading scripture and kind of writing down what that how I'm going to carry that into my day and I even worked a little bit in that chunk of time after I finished cuz I could get it all out of the way and it was a it was a routine that I'm so grateful for and even the routine of making your bed the routine of yes. checking your email, you're like, I'm going to check my email only at these times. Yes. So what starts as discipline will become habit, and it will become a part of who you are and what you do that leads to a healthier version of you for those around you, right? Well, and
1: your mind looks forward to that. Yes. You, 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 your mind and your body are like, like, if you don't do your workout, Callie, your body lets you know, right? When your mind doesn't get what it needs to get in that filter or that decluttering, it's going to let you know.
0: Hey, can I tell you the joy I have halfway through the day when I'm like, dang it, I still have to work out. And then I'm like, no, I don't. I already did that. I mean, yes,
1: it's just yes, little yes. moments of joy, my friends. Like, it's so good. <laughs> well, and even just reading scripture and things like that, to think about, you know, spending time with the Lord in the morning versus like, he gets the end of the day. For me, mm-hmm that's not a good part, I mean, it's just not it's the tired part. it's the part that tends to be a little bit more grumbly if I'm being honest the the part that tends to not be the best, I'm not giving him the best and and hear me say this I'm gonna shoot for the four out of five days a week, four to four to five days a week i i struggle with it too, even in the routine, but I can tell you that the routine creates that peace. It creates those rhythms of peace that you
0: come to value so much. What's that, that
1: cultivation you were yes, talking about? Yeah. Complete you know, cultivation. it's going to fill you back up
0: every time to carry yeah. it out. And you're going to miss some of it. I recently just did an interview and she said, you know, we think just because we struggle, we're failing. So we, mm. we think that struggling means we have failed at right. what we're trying to do. No, I still struggle with these routines. Like at night, I'm, I'm pretty good in the morning because I've done it since I was in college, but this nighttime routine of reading before bed, it's tough because I want to turn my brain off. And the best way for me to numb my brain is a scroll, like a scroll Mm -hmm. or a dumb show that adds no value. And let me tell you, sometimes we need those. Like there are breaks in my day. Where I'm like, I need to not think about anything. And that's where I turn to the dumb stuff. So I'm not saying we're extracting all of it. Don't do any of it because that wouldn't be true for me. It's not
1: true for me. But, well, and you're not going to do that. Yeah. I mean, that's unrealistic. Again, that goes back to your realistic expectations for peace and your unrealistic expectations for peace. To think that you're <laughs> not going to do any of that. We ever. all know
0: how I feel about reality television. I can't. like I'm, <laughs> I like it. I like it. it. It brings about a moment of peace. It doesn't bring me lasting peace. But man, it does a moment. Just a, just a moment of it while I'm watching, you know, whatever the oh, Real Housewives is doing.
1: Reality TV. It's been a while. It's been I, a while. I, since I don't, you've watched, listen, yeah, I don't they watch they just keep a whole lot coming out
0: with new ones. Well, you know, you've been on here three times, so you know how we finish every episode. What is something, Connie, that you are so happy someone did tell you about?
1: So probably I'm going to say it's been about three years ago. I had somebody who very near and dear to me who challenged me. I did not take the challenge. I will be blatantly honest. I did not take the challenge until 2021. But she and I just revisited the challenge that she gave me. Probably, I want to say it was at least three years ago. But she challenged me to do a gratitude journal. And so I thought, you know what? I might as well just give this a whirl. I'm going to give it a whirl. I'm going to see what it does. I mean, it can only be good, right? I was going to say, it's not going to hurt you. No. But, you know, like it's not going to cause Surely damage. it's not going to hurt me. So in 2020, in December, I ordered a gratitude finder. Okay. And I started in 2021. I've not missed a day. And I do it at night. And some days it's it's hard. It's hard to find the things that I'm grateful for. And it shouldn't be. But maybe it's been a tough day. And so maybe I am just grateful for a hot shower. Maybe I'm grateful for the fact that I have food in my refrigerator. Maybe I'm grateful that I have a car that works. Maybe I'm grateful that I have finances to put gas in my car to get back and forth to work. It it, it can be anything. Today or yesterday, I wrote in my journal that I was grateful for peppermint syrup uh, from Starbucks. It's the small things, you
0: know, it's I mean, the big and small. I really,
1: I, I mean, and that was one thing in a list of seven, but I wish so much, not so much that she had told me earlier, but that I wish that I had listened to her when she told me, because it has drastically changed my ability to calm at night and focus and sleep on the things that I'm grateful for.
0: And it goes back to routine it goes back to what routines are you building and allowing in that are actually going to leave you better for doing them. Yeah, right. For sure. and, and so like just having, and I mean, this can be, this can honestly just be any journal. Like it doesn't even have to be, and just write down, I'm going to write down three things I'm grateful sure, for before sure. I go to bed. And it can be as specific or as broad as you want it to be. So I just feel like these routines Cannot be valued enough. And as you go into 2022, looking at not 15 different routines,
1: what's one? Maybe. It's, yeah, what's one? What's yeah. one that you can start with in 2022 that you're going to be committed to? That was the one that I started with in 2021. None of this, like, I'm going to start, like, you know, eating this and not eating this and exercising this and not I thought you know what if I can start one I'm gonna get that one going mm-hmm. and then I can add two mm-hmm. because if I start four at one time I- I'm pretty much guaranteed I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do well in completing all of those yeah but this one is one that's stuck yeah and I believe it's made a huge difference I've had the opportunity to share with several several people and I've had the opportunity I happened to order several of them yeah Last December did the same thing and I've had the opportunity to share with some people and just be able to bless them too and just Mm -hmm. challenge them to do the same thing. And they've come back and said, you know what, I'm so glad that you did that. Mm -hmm. And so I think if we start that, then we get the opportunity to cultivate that peace Mm -hmm. for someone else too. And that's, it's the tools. Pursue
0: yeah. the tools that will help you bring about that piece, grow that piece, and then yeah. notice what detracts from it, what takes away from it, what subtracts from it. It's that intentionality and awareness and paying yeah. attention, right? That mindfulness that makes me feel so old to talk about, but I care so much about it now. You know, I just, <laughs> I, love it. I care so much about it now. Hey, Connie, I'm a big fan and you've walked through all sorts of seasons with me and you just keep walking right along beside me. And I'm just really grateful. Now you can walk right along beside everybody
1: well i'm so grateful well, i love uh, this podcast i believe that it's encouraging so many people and so that's my goal hey is i want to be a part of something that's encouraging here's to 2022
0: we're gonna do it we're gonna I'm ready we're ready we're doing it connie we're doing it